This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, my name is Derek Combs and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Oh, all right, me marrows, how's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 26. I am your host, Skelly, and on today's show, it's a Euros review, followed by all the news that has came out of Brunton Park over the last couple of weeks. So that means all the stuff that we missed two or three episodes ago, including the Corey Whelan transfer and the Zach Clough transfer. Now, we've done our research, we've gone away, we've looked at the players, and we have got a pretty smart-sounding analysis for you all to look forward to. As well as that, we're going to talk about the uh, the new kit reviews. Uh, Wills is sporting the home kit, and I am sporting the away kit, and there will be full uh, descriptions of those for you all to look forward to. Uh, the new Carly United captain was announced. That is Callum Guy. We're going to discuss our feelings on that, which are pretty positive, to be completely honest. Carlisle's first pre-season friendlies are being played. The first one was played last night uh, against Penrith. I think we went, we went there and won by eight goals to nil. So, uh, yeah, all positive signs. Cool stuff to talk about. So, there's no need to be hanging around for too long doing an introduction, is there? There's only one reason we do an introduction these days, and it's because nobody wants to go without the Blue Army podcast, Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. <laughs> the Blue Army podcast, Joke of the Week. Knock knock edition. That's right, we're on the knock knock edition now, guys. We're doing knock knock jokes. You're getting two knock knock jokes every single week. First of which, here we go. Knock knock. Who's there? Armageddon. Armageddon who? Armageddon a little bored. Let's go out. Decent. Decent. You've got to be happy with that one. You ready for your second one? All right, here we go. Knock knock. Who's there? Stopwatch. Stopwatch who? Stop what you're doing and open the stupid door. Hey, you've got to be happy with those. I'm talking about being happy with jokes. There's plenty of jokes to be. That's a terrible segue. Why do I do this? Why do I? Why do I? Why? Why do I shoehorn? Anyway, the rest of the show is to follow now. Like I've already explained, me and Will's are going to be talking about Carlisle Lighted News and the Euros. And there's a couple of interesting things that we're going to reveal. 
to you listeners about the Blue Army podcast that you've got to look forward to in the sort of next three to four weeks of scheduled programming. So, without further ado, let's get on with the bloody show! Bow, bow! Does it sound like that? Did it go, bomb, bomb? Probably went, bomb, bomb! Anyway. So hello and welcome to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 26 and as promised, Wills is back with me, Skelly, and we're here to talk about a whole host of things that I'm going to tell you about in just a second. But first, hello, Wills. How are you getting on, mate? Yeah, it's good to it's good to be on here again. I'm getting on well and um, it's it's been a while, hasn't it? You've been you've been off interviewing superstars and things. <laughs> well, I'll let you leak that one a little bit later on in the schedule. But yeah, it's true. Yeah, I have been interviewing some people that I consider to be superstars, at least. And uh, I mean, I'm Derek quite happy. Holmes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Derek Holmes part two, uh, which I've already talked about, that is in the bag. And that should be coming out next week, unless something crazy comes up yeah. in the news between now and then. And we end up and talking about it. one on there is Jason Price as well. You're Jason Price was. You're, you're moving in some quite impressive circles now. <laughs> I think we're doing pretty well for 26 <laughs> episodes. I think we're doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not to mention Alex Mitchell was a lot of fun. That was great insight. Um, obviously, he was around a lot of really experienced players. Just go back and listen to some of the summer schedule. You'll be spoiled with the plethora. Mm, That's right. Definitely. That's right, Wills. I said plethora. <laughs> You'll be spoiled with the plethora of entertainment and content that we have um, in our back catalogue now. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. So, yeah, um, today me and Wills are here and we are going to talk about, uh, we're going to review the Euros, uh, give our last thoughts on that. We're going to talk about Zach Clough and Corey Wheeling joining the Cumbrians. We're also going to talk about the three youth players that were handed pro deals earlier this month. The new kit launch has happened and I am sporting one of the Carlisle's newest shirts and we will be reviewing those, giving a description on those and telling you our feelings about that. The I'm new sporting ca- the other one. Oh, oh yes, cool. I can't see it but right now. You can't now, but see you- me because of camera issues. <laughs> but um, we'll look forward to you being able to give a full description then. In that case, since you're wearing the home kit, I've got the away kit. Uh, that'll be a lot of uh, that'll be a lot of fun to look forward to. Uh, the new captain has been announced. We'll be discussing that, and uh, we'll round up the uh, podcast by talking about the latest leaked trialist rumours uh, for as it stands at the point of recording tonight's game against Penrith. Uh, so yeah, a lot of fun for us to look forward to. But first, Wills, um, yeah, I want to announce who the other pro is that we've managed to get in the bag. We've got another pro in the bag. And uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's announce it. Go right ahead, Wills, who have we got? I don't actually know. <laughs> I wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when you commented back there that you thought I was talking about your upcoming one I, right. I was talking about Homer and Jason Price and all them I, God, I thought I thought I was just such a gossip and I've already let the cat out of the bag <laughs> that's what I thought that, that's brilliant um, but yeah here we go Wills this is the, this is the one for you um, and everybody else out there we have just today had a lovely chat 
with Mark Boyd. Mark Skip Boyd spent a lot of time over at Barrow. Nice little clap for the skipper. <laughs> uh, spent a lot of time with Barrow, Workington, Celtic Nation. He's did a bit of a scholarship at Carlisle and spent a, a little bit of a turn over here with the Cumbrians. We'll talk about all that. And also we'll talk about his commentary work over at Barrow and how he feels about Zanzala and Farman moving over there. So that's all to look forward to, eh? Indeed, yeah. Um, but definitely be interesting to hear his thoughts about the players that Barrow have pilfered, pilfered <laughs> off of us, and you know whether that'll make it more of a Cumbrian rivalry when the two teams meet. You have taken the words out of my mouth, sir. Those are some of the questions I posed <laughs> to Mark Boyd, and you'll be able to hear the answer to those questions <laughs> in just a couple of weeks. I'm not sure when I'll let that cat out the bag and put that one out there, but it's lovely to have an interview with Mark Skip Boyd in the bag for you guys all to look forward to, uh, probably before the season starts. But again, Will's here, courtesy of me, is another exclusive piece of news. Mark Boyd has not only agreed to come back on the Blue Army podcast, okay, for part two, because God, by God, could we not get all of his career into an hour? <laughs> no chance. He's not only agreed to come on for part two, but he's agreed to join the two of us for the Carlisle versus Barrow match report in November when that happens. So that'd be Whoa. great. Yeah. More applause. Crowd <laughs> <laughs> <Crow> goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got all that to look forward to in the future. Mark Boyd coming back on and I'll get to introduce Wills to him. And yeah, they absolutely buzzing for the future of the podcast. But today, 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 let's focus a bit more on today and a bit of positive news coming out of the club. If you're a bargain hunter, the first home game of the new season has had its ticket prices slashed, absolutely mashed. And it's £10 for an adult ticket and £5 for an under-18 ticket for you to be able to attend Carlisle United's game against Colchester. What do you think about that, Wills? That's good news, isn't it? Is I mean, I think the club have sensed the possibility that the first game of the next season with fans back allowed in, there's going to be a lot of demand. So they're just kind of like, you know, first game of the season, they want to try and stimulate that demand and, you know, just get a big, big crowd in there. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that they'll do that. It'd be nice to have a bumper attendance. I think it's a smart move to try and get people behind the lads early on in the campaign and try and make a habit of attending the home games early on in the season. So hats off to the board for making that move. And on with today's podcast, the Euros. The Euros finished on Sunday. And I have not felt the same. <laughs> what an emotional day. What an emotional couple of weeks. What an amazing roller coaster for England fans that we went through. Wills, can you take us through your journey from start to end of your England path to the final and how it made you feel along the way? And how are you My doing now, man? How are you doing journey. now? I mean, just just about getting there. Mm. But um, I'm kind of like uh, one of those lower league fans that you get where the international team is is like a pleasant distraction from club football. And, you know, 
I don't get as upset when we lose as I've seen some. Um, pretty upset, pretty annoyed the way it happened, but it was it was a really great story for the lads. You know, this kind of squad that Gareth Southgate's pulled together. They have none of these big personalities, and they're full of kind of these young players whose hearts are in the right place and, you know, have done a lot of good at kind of trying to kind of unite the country behind something. I think what they achieved at the tournament was something to be proud of, even if they didn't win it. It was only through kind of coming down to five kicks that, um, you know, that they ended up losing it. But overall, they kept five clean sheets, only conceded two goals in the whole tournament, only conceded one goal from open play in the whole tournament and were only behind at any point in any game for a grand total of about five minutes between Denmark taking the lead and the equaliser. And they've gotten to a final and could easily have won it on another day. So, you know, these things... It all boils down to just one match in the end. But if you ignore the result of that match, I think they've had an absolutely fantastic tournament. I have to agree with you. Subtotal of the tournament is that, I don't want to say we overachieved, but in, in many ways we did. And we have to be proud of how far we came. The group stages it did not look likely with the uh, the way that they were playing, but... I can't, I can't honestly criticise Gareth Southgate uh, going forwards now because he's proved us, he's proved me personally wrong that he knew what he was doing the whole time. The game plan looked good, um, but I do feel like we have to make a couple of comments uh, about the final. The elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Um, it might be the most. Ob- what I'm thinking of. Why was Saka taking the pe- last penalty? I mean, that was that was one. Mm-hmm. What have I you got? Kind of. Well, I mean, with Saka taking the last penalty, I think part of it's maybe that uh, sometimes you just pick the players who are most willing to take penalties. I've heard managers say that before. Mm. Um, but um, you know, Roy Keane made some criticism of. Sterling and Grealish, both of who you'd think would be more experienced penalty takers, in that why didn't they step up? And we don't know why they didn't step up, but you'd have expected them to, especially if if one of them thought that Saka might, you know, you know, might be feeling the pressure a bit. Um not so much, it's I feel it's more on them than it is on Gareth Southgate. Because if they're if they've told Gareth Southgate that they're not comfortable taking a penalty then, I mean, I mean, would it have been the right thing to do for Gareth Southgate to insist that a player take a penalty if they say they didn't want to? So it's kind of like, is it more asking questions of them as to why did they say they didn't want to? But, you know, we don't know about that. The thing I was actually thinking of, which turns out was different to what you were thinking of, was... I just felt at the time, and even more so after, that bringing players on at the end of extra time just to take penalties is just asking for trouble. And yes, that too. You know, that's not a you know that's not a criticism of Rashford or of Sancho. It's 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 Gareth Southgate, and it it just seems like 
such a such an awkward flex to kind mm. of like throw these players and say, you know, you go on there, score a penalty. Put more pressure on those players and those players haven't been involved in the game up to that point. I can't imagine that their minds would have been in the right state. Yeah. I, I don't I don't agree with that decision. I agree with every other thing that Gavin Southgate's done. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, sorry, I'm just quickly having a look to see exactly who took all the penalties. We scored, Harry Kane scored, and then Harry Maguire took the camera out, and the other three were the three that missed, uh, Sancho, Rashford and Saka. Yeah. Sorry, where are Jordan you? Pickford saved... Jordan Pickford saved two penalties in a penalty shootout. Yeah. And the Italian and because because Rashford hit the post, the Italian goalkeeper only scored two. So Pickford saved the same number of penalties as Donnarumma. And penalties are always going to come down to very, very fine margins, yeah. I have to say. Going back to the Saka incident, it's a European Cup final. When you've got a 19-year-old that maybe does stick his hand up and you've got a 20... Is it 29-year-old now in Raheem Sterling with nearly 70 caps somewhere near Saying there? Saying that he doesn't... That he doesn't want to. I, As a manager, I'm telling Raheem Sterling he's taken a penalty in that instance. I'm sorry, yeah. but I'm telling him he's taken the penalty because it's not fair to put that on Saka. It's just not fair. And at the end of the day, yeah. between him and Grealish and the goal scorers in the tournament, the... Um, I mean, it's not fair on penalty either. takers. The like, again, um, I'll come back to that point about about Sancho and, and Max uh, and Marcus Rashford coming on, yeah. but I'll stick on this one for just a little bit longer. Saka should never have been put in that position in the first place. Absolutely yeah. not. It was it was a complete mistake to leave him as the last penalty taker. Fair enough, he could take a penalty if he wanted to take yeah. one, but to leave him as the last penalty taker, I think, was really irresponsible. Yeah. Um, Kane could have taken the last penalty and Saka could have Kane stepped up to the first one. Oh, well, I suppose. Do you know, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? If, you, if When you're reorganising the entire thing, it, it feels like it, it was very yeah. much a, who wants to take a penalty? I, mean, I will, I will, I will, and I will. And then there was a bit of silence. Yeah. And then I mean, Saka kind Saka of nervously run. put his hand up and he just ripped yeah. the order down. And it doesn't feel like there was any sort of like thought put into the order of the way yeah. they were going to bloody do the penalties. But, it I mean, felt Saka like it was in the order the hands went up. Sorry, go on. I mean, Saka taking the first penalty is not really any better for him than taking the last one because there's I think it still takes a lot pressure of... off his shoulders a lot yeah I suppose, even if he misses know, it he... even if he misses yeah. it it takes the pressure off his shoulders like in history yeah, it takes yeah. the pressure off his shoulders sorry carry I on suppose, suppose if you're taking the last one though you're kind of thinking hopefully his penalty won't matter if we mm. do well he, you know he, he might not even have to take it mm. Um, not, I always think of penalties of rising in importance order. So you start with your yeah. worst penalty taker and you end with your strongest. So, but it's the like I, the psychological effect of if you start with your worst penalty taker and he misses, and maybe then your second worst one also misses, that mm. kind of like has a negative effect. I mean, it's kind of like you know why the cricket teams not start with their worst batsman and build up to their best. Mm, right. It's, yeah. It's, it's almost a similar sort of context, and you know, you want to get your, you you know, you want to get your best chances of scoring in first. Yeah. Um, but going on to the cold substitution penalty takers, the guys yeah. that came on for thirty seconds towards the end of the game, I understand, almost understand Rashford coming on. I think yeah. the substitution, the positioning was was obviously 
looked a bit silly, but for the amount of time yeah. he had to play it right back, it wasn't necessarily a problem. But yeah. to do the same, to make the double substitution, I don't think was necessary. I think it was overkill. Yeah, he took Henderson off, didn't he? Surely Henderson could have taken a penalty. Yeah, Henderson would have been a penalty taker in my book as well. And yeah. it just didn't make that much sense. It was a very strange decision. Again, I think Marcus Rashford was very unlucky with the way that he took his penalty, unfortunately. It, it, yeah. He almost he almost did everything right. Well, yeah. I think no, I don't think I don't think anyone else sent Don Aroma the wrong way. Well, yeah, but I mean, like I don't know. It's kind of like does missing the target cancel out the plus of sending the keeper the wrong way? If you actually don't hit the target, no, you of can't, course not. If you send the keeper, you know, the whole purpose of sending the keeper the wrong way is so that you can have a easy area of the goal to pass it into. So if you don't even hit that. And that's not a criticism, you know. That, I'm, I'm not coming down hard on Marcus Rashford there, cards. Um, I think he would have been one of the ones that I'd want to put his hand up and say, "I'll take a penalty." And he has a very good penalty record with Manu. So, yeah, that one does make sense. That mm. one does make sense. But I don't know. There was a nervy moment towards the end of that extra period where Italy were on the ball and they were almost going to stop England from making the substitution. And at that time, I was kind of thinking, maybe it's not a bad idea if they manage to keep hold of the ball. Yeah. Here. Well, yeah. I mean, when he did make the substitution, it was defending a corner. And I think that's something that a lot of managers and football fans have kind of drilled into them or like have the opinion that, it is tremendously bad juju to make a substitution at a corner, especially if you're defending one. And it almost backfired because yeah. he'd taken Henderson off and he'd taken he taken Stones off. He'd taken someone off who had height that... Met, met, or did he take Shaw off? He took someone off and brought Sancho mm. on when we're defending a corner. He took taller players off. And the corner was a good one, and there was no one there to pick it up. But it, you know, it very nearly backfired immediately. It showed how desperate he was to get those penalty takers on the pitch as well. So and if that you... just kind of puts more pressure on them. Yeah, it's kind of like you know Rashford and Sancho waiting to come on and coming into a nervy position. You know, and, and and your manager's so desperate to get you on the pitch that he throws you in when defending a corner. And t- tells Marcus Rashford, play right back. That sounds like the kind of stuff you do when you're one nil down and you're absolutely desperate for anything. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we've we've done it now. That felt a bit painful, but we've done that. We've yeah. had that conversation. We've got through it. Um, <laughs> surely there's there's something that rings true in your heart as a personal highlight from the tournament. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. First goal against. Germany. Yeah. Because that had been quite a tense game. And that was the first game that I actually watched in a pub. A lot of your listeners are from Salah, <laughs> so you'll know uh, what's what the state of Botchergate's been like. And I assure you I didn't take part in any of the mayhem, but I did watch the <laughs> I did watch the Germany game in the Griffin. Yeah, the Griffin, with, nice. Yeah, with a few of our friends. And um yeah, it had been a fairly tense match up to that point. England were playing better, but you know, second half was wearing on and and we'd not seen a goal. So there was a kind of like relief combined with celebration, combined with, oh my God, we're beating Germany, kind of all rolled into one. 
Yeah. And 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 my mates that I was watching it with, kind of they all went wild. And afterwards, I sort of like just stepped outside the Griffin and had the little look down Butcher Gate, and there was flares flares going off, and one man climbed a lamppole. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Got right to the top as well, and it was one of these tall lampposts, you, you know, the kind that you get on yeah. big major roads. They're huge. Yeah, it's about three yeah. stories. Yeah. yeah. It's it's huge. It's huge, yeah. It was an absolute euphoric moment, that one. Uh, I'd have to say, for me, as far as goals scored, that was the one I celebrated the most. And I was also out in the beer gardens of Manchester. Um, so that was a great moment. The, the, the whole city almost just felt like it came alive for, for that game. It was really cool. But I'd have to say there was a moment during England's semi-final with Denmark as the England team was singing the national anthem and for the first time ever, I understood how grown men can cry at football results because <laughs> it was in that very moment I realised how much I wanted it to come home. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I've never felt anything like it in yeah. my entire life. I absolutely fucking love football, Will, mate. I fucking love oh, football. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're not going to say after this many episodes, you know what? Uh, football, it's all right, but it's not in my bag. <laughs> yeah, after that, you know what? I think what I think we'll draw it to a close. <laughs> That'll after do. that revelation. <laughs> but no, there were some amazing moments this year at this Euros tournament. There was a moment, the referee from the final had a moment in the group stages. It was Denmark's second game after what happened to Christian Eriksen against Belgium. And in the 10th minute, there was a moment where the, the crowd were just applauding in the 10th minute as a sign for, for Ericsson. And yeah. the referee actually stopped the game because a lot of the players just stopped and started getting emotional. And obviously it was given sort yeah. of an, almost an advantage to Belgium. Um, yeah. So I give the hats off to that referee. And it was dropped on us during the final that that referee is a millionaire. He owns a chain oh. of supermarkets. Is it worth over 11 million pounds? So if anyone out there thinks that that game was fixed, I don't think there's enough money in the world to pay this particular referee off with. He referees just, <laughs> he, he, he referees just for the love of refereeing. Yeah, just for the journey of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just for the journey of it, it seems to be. It seems to be. <laughs> Um, but that was a really cool moment. And as well as um, watching the Czech Republic, uh, I can't say his name properly, it's Patrick Schick. Schick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the lob that he scored against mm. Marshall and the way Marshall was left tangled in the net. That was just a really cool moment. That kind of yeah. kicked off my Euros. That was the first bit of football that I watched, really. Yeah. Um, that kind of kicked off my Euros. That was yeah. a really cool moment. Scotland had a couple of the best goals of the tournament scored against them. So, you know, let, <laughs> yeah. let no one say they haven't contributed. <laughs> also, they were the only team to to keep a clean sheet against England. So, well, good for them. I hope they can keep that trophy nice and shiny. Um, <laughs> so, we'll move on to more Carlisle United related uh, content, which is mainly what people are here for. I think, to be completely honest. But last time we did one of these Euro slash news episodes it did really well so yeah maybe they do enjoy us talking about just football in general it's a good sign for the next season anyway. audience yeah that's it, that's you know, it i've heard there's a few people out there who don't support carlisle so 
They'll oh, be turning really? off now. So damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the best to them. I hope they enjoy their afternoon. It's true though. There's a, there's a couple of people that just hang around for the joke of the week and then they get off. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you put it at the end. Well, that's why I should put it at the end. That's a smart idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a smart idea. Um, right, so we'll move on. We're going to talk about, unfortunately, the last time we recorded, it was only a matter of hours before Carlisle United released some news and some new signings that we didn't really get a chance to talk about at mm. all. I improvised a little something in my intro for the episode, which I personally found hilarious. Um, but Zach Clough... Uh, we'll talk about first. Zach Clough and Corey mm. Whelan have both signed for the for the club. And, uh, yeah, Zach Clough signing for the club, Wills. How does that hit home for you? Hope he can do well. I've, I've, I've had a little look at his, um, at his player history and there's not many people kind of singing his praises. Mm. <laughs> and he hasn't scored many goals. But, you know, we've had players like that before come in and just hit the ground running. Uh you know, people said that pretty much about Jabbo before he signed for us. So, so, and you know, Michael Bridges came to us because his career was faltering, and so did Ian Hart. Ian Hart ended up, you know, back up in the championship with Reading, mm-hmm. and um, is, is is played for some big clubs because it was the thing that he was once sold for three million. That's the big tagline, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Despite that, I haven't really heard of him, but um, you know, he's 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 had a big career without ever really kicking off anywhere. That's the kind of player that clubs like us sometimes get and find they do really, really well. But Zach Clough recently spoke to the Carlisle United website. It says, speaking about the process of choosing his new club, he said, I received a call last Thursday to say there was interest. And over the length of the day, I then got a call off the gaffer and a few other members of the club. I could tell there was just a keen interest to get me up here. That's what I like the most. I just wanted to come up have a look around, and now that I have, I'm really excited to come up and play some football. It's good for any player to feel wanted. The gaffer was great. The fact I've worked with him before at Rochdale, which was a big plus point for me, his training sessions were really good, really enjoyable, and I feel he will get the best out of me. So that's a good sign that he's got a yeah. previous relationship with the gaffer. Um, some, I think in not so many words, he's kind of saying, I travelled so far up north that I just couldn't bear the thought of journeying back down south. <laughs> so I just signed the contract. <laughs> I just signed the contract rather than going back. Um, but but that, maybe that's me reading too much into the statement. Um, Zach Clough, I've done some videos uh, looked at some highlight reels of his time at Bolton. There's not a lot of highlight reels of his time at Nottingham Forest, to be honest. That mm. seemed to be a bit of a sticking point for him. Here's what excites me about Zach Clough, okay? He is a striker with an absolute arsenal of shooting at his disposal. You can shoot from anywhere in an absolute plethora of different styles. He's a tidy finisher. He's a power striker. He can toe poke it over the goalkeeper. He can go round them. He can go over them. Um, He can hit free kicks. Um, So he just gives Carlisle a lot of really good options. Mm. And the thing with Zach Clough that I noticed from his highlight reels at Bolton is that he's not afraid to shoot from outside the area. I feel like he's one of those players where confidence plays a huge 
huge part in his game. Mm -hmm. And if the gaffer isn't backing him too much because he's got the pressure of a three million pound transfer and maybe quite a hefty wage, then maybe he doesn't shoot as quite as often as he would have done in his time, like he was doing at Bolton. And maybe when the confidence is down, he's just not taking the opportunities that he should be taking. So I think of Chris Beach as a very good man motivator. And so if he can flick that switch in Zach Clough and tell him he's the best player in League Two, which he potentially could be. He's never played at this level before. He's only played at higher levels and done quite well uh, with his time at Bolton. Mm. Wigan was a bit stop-starty. But yeah, he's only played at higher levels. So this should really hopefully be a place where he can get some traction, get some games under his belt and do really well. Yeah, no, I agree with what you just said. Um, it's it's good to hear him say that he feels wanted because that seems to be Chris Beach's thing is kind of like trying to build a really kind of tight-knit squad and he's worked with him before. Um, so you've seen a lot more of him play than I have. And so if, from what you're saying, he has quite a lot of different ways of, ways of playing at his disposal, then... You know, maybe you know, maybe he's gonna come down here and just kind of like find that he can really excel in this league. I really hope so. I really do hope so. I really do hope so. I've got my, I got, I got a couple of hopes pinned on, on Zach Clough this season. The other signing yeah. that we made, we'll move over to Corey Whelan. There isn't as much video footage on Corey Whelan. He's slightly younger. Mm. Uh, Zach Clough, twenty-six. Corey Whelan, twenty-three. He came yeah. through the academies at first Crew Alexander, then got spotted by Liverpool at a very young age. Came through yeah. the academy, but never made a first-team appearances. A couple of loan spells with Yeovil, and then to Crew Alexander as a professional. Mm -hmm. um, and then he made a big switch over to America. Not the MLS, no. The, uh, the second tier of American soccer, uh, as, they, as they probably call it. And... I did a bit of research into this time, but before I reveal all about these days at Phoenix Rising, how do you feel about the signing of Corey Whelan? Uh, you know, he, he looked like the right kind of defender when I saw him sign. So I was kind of like um, unsure, like who was going to, you know, who was going to start for us in defence next season. Um, I think we're going to... We, we can expect Aaron Hayden to be in centre of defence. Um, and then it's kind of seems to be between McDonald, Whelan and the guy we signed last year, but he was injured, Morgan Feeney. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like feel that it's, it's one of those three plus Hayden, unless we change formation and go at three at the back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've done a bit of research, but first, I'll be fair to you, I'll, get, I'll, I'll read again a little bit of an extract, a bit of a quote. Yeah. The 22-year-old quickly confirmed that despite having offer, other offers, Brunton Park was the place he wanted to be. I'm really excited with this new challenge, he said. It's, the, it's a place that isn't round the corner for me in terms of location, but it's about what the club can bring for me as I move forward with my career. I just want to get in front of the fans and showcase what I can do. This is potentially a great time for me, so I'm really pleased to get this deal over the line. Um, good signs. Um, yeah, yeah. 
sounds a little bit corny, like an American. Uh, he did spend his t- a bit of time in America. Uh, he goes on to use the term whirlwind uh, when he talks about signing for Carlisle United. Yeah. Um, so he's obviously excited um, yeah. at, at the prospect of signing with Carlisle. Would you like to hear the about the research that I've understood? Yeah. yeah, about Phoenix yeah, rising. Okay, so... First, I stumbled across a little interview that Corey Whelan did for Phoenix Rising Television, which he is a little bit wooden in, but still good value for money as YouTube is free. Um, But talkable. He can talk. Um, Charming, in fact. So good for him. Phoenix Rising at the time were doing exactly that. Phoenix Rising were on a 22-game winning streak when Corey Whelan arrived. They won the last 22 games in a row and were looking like they were going to be going into the playoffs uh, and hopefully finding the promised land of the MLS. Mm. But... Shortly after Corey Whelan signed, he did win on his debut, which was good, against mm-hmm. the LA Galaxy's second uh, side. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the next game, the win streak came uh, to a crashing conclusion as they lost against a team called Las Vegas Knights. And unfortunately, after that, Corey Whelan was dropped from the team. Uh, they won the next game without him. The next game, Corey Whelan got another opportunity and was unfortunately sent off. And after that, he wasn't really given much more of a chance at Phoenix Rising. It was very stop-starty for him. Mm. Um, And when you look at his career after Phoenix Rising, it is nine appearances in in a three-year period, uh, one of which was on loan to a place called Tuscoon. Um, which again is in Arizona somewhere like that. I'm probably right. saying it wrong. Tus- so this was all at Phoenix Rising? This was at Phoenix Rising. And oh, then wow. obviously last year he made the move over to Wigan. We only played eight times for Wigan and Wigan didn't have the best of seasons last year either. But yeah. he, even even so, he was he would have been a bit of a filler player. Um, he's 23 years old now. He's got less than 50 professional appearances to his name. I'm a bit worried that he's going to be a bit like a... Um, a rabbit in the headlights when he comes up a bit against a Scott Quigley or an Aussie Zanzala or someone like that. I'm a little bit worried, mate. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's got the experience under his belt that he needs to deal yeah. with this. I mean, um, fortunately, he might not be coming up against Scott Quigley. Oh, <laughs> well, what's happened there? Linked, well, he's been linked to a move to Shrewsbury, which is his hometown. Oh, 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 well, I uh, hope he goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely Shrewsbury. Lovely in Shrewsbury. I would definitely choose Shrewsbury over Barrow. Get your washing done at your mum's house. <laughs> anyway, um, back to Corey Whelan, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, from what it sounds then, I'm glad he's had that spell at Wigan because then that might have been an even bigger risk. I uh, can't believe he stayed. So he stayed there for three years. Despite being quite quickly pushed out of contention after signing, I know Phoenix Rising. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Like so, um, I yeah, think yeah, he, I mean, he was of... pushed out of contention quite quickly by the manager, and then yeah. he was put out on loan uh, quite quickly. He signed in 2019 and went out on loan in 2019. Um, uh, so, so quite quickly he... after making the appearances, and then mm. obviously a new manager came in and probably gave him a bit more of an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, all right, new manager. All right, so he was like 21 at the time. So, yeah. 
I guess, um, you know, I, I guess he's kind of like seen going to America as like a huge opportunity. You know, if a um, club like Phoenix Rising comes in for you and you're just kind of like battling through kind of sort of slogging away and wherever he was in England at the time. Um, they were very impressed out. with the fact that he used to play for Liverpool and was brought up through the academy at Liverpool, even though he never ever played for Liverpool. Is that, kept is, showing, is that what it They kept showing video to? footage of him playing for the reserves in front of nobody. It was really strange. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, maybe that's kind of like if there was like unrealistic, unrealistic expectations on him, mm-hmm. and they're maybe treating him there like we would treat, you know, a player who'd come, like it, like in the Premier League, the the way they would treat like a player who'd kind of come for a world record fee and, you know, huge amounts of, huge amounts of expectation placed on them. Yeah, I think they have like quite they have like quite strict rules in America as well about um, the number of foreigners in a team. So like if he's gone over there, then he becomes one of the foreigners of the squad, which I think they may be only allowed three. So he's basically taken up a place, which kind of adds more pressure on him. But then that I suppose if they loan him out, they can then bring another one in or something like that. So yeah. It's kind of sounds quite uh, un- unrealistic expectations, maybe. It's hampered his career since. Um, another one, though, that, like Clough, that is on a bit of a redemptive arc, maybe. Hmm. And you, know, you do get a lot of players like this signed for clubs like Carlisle, because if you want to get a player who's got the right kind of pedigree that you're looking for, then they usually kind of come come down here because it hasn't quite gone right for them and they're looking to sort of get their career back back on on track. Do you remember when we had Alex Marrow? No. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a feeling he was one of those players who was kind of down here hoping to kickstart his career and he didn't at all. I think he got... Well, yeah, he, he had a really poor start of the season. Then he refused to train. Uh, he was signed by Graham Kavanagh and then no. inherited and then inherited by Keith Curl. Mm. And he just um, didn't really take to Keith Curl's requests for him to train. Um, and, didn't really take to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I imagine what that conversation was like with Keith Curl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great interview he would be. <laughs> um, Keith Curl shipped him out quite um, quite quickly. Like I think he left in January. His contract mm. was terminated by mutual consent. He just wasn't willing to put the effort in or viewed himself as above the other players. Was was nowhere near as talented as. He was maybe expected to be, but um, you know, some of that was his own fault. Um, yeah, I feel like oh, we went off on one there. No, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's like, no, you know, we, we do that sometimes, we're yeah. allowed. So I feel like we've covered the transfers pretty well there. There's not only the transfers that count as new signings, we've had some second year youth 
prospects handed one-year pro deals with one-year options to extend. Those guys are Sam Fishburne, who is a striker, Scott Simons and Gabriel Breeze, who are both keepers. Now, on the surface of that, that's a little bit odd, wouldn't you say, signing two keepers to a pro deal at the same time? It depends how good they are. Because at this age, you're signing players if they're talented because you want to keep them on the books, even if they don't make the squad. Especially when you look at the players that have gone recently, you know, they make good money. They they don't play many games, if any, for Carlisle United. But there's, you know, there's some money comes into the club. So if you think you've got two goalkeepers and both of them, you think are good enough to uh, to progress to professional football, then you know you you're not going to want to lose either of those keepers for nothing. So very positive, very positive signs. You have to say, like mm. they obviously think of both of them very yeah. highly. The, the club heard website says. About sorry, them. go on. Go on. I'm going to say I've heard good things about them from people who've kind of watched the uh, youth team and and also Sam Fishburn who has been built up to be a real talent. So, mm. you know, it'd be nice to see if he can get a chance this season just for a, a first little sniff of professional football, see what he's all about. Yeah, the club website says that Breeze and Simons, both 17, came through the club's academy system. Breeze joining as a teenager and Simons as an eight-year-old and impressed with their attitude and application through the first 12 months with the under-18s team. They regularly trained with the first team, also taking part in pre-match warm-ups and match days with Chris Beach's squad. Fishburn, also 17, was plucked out of the northeast local circuit where he was playing with Walls End Boys Club and took to the academy football like a duck to water. He scored 23 goals in all competitions. Well, it says duck to water on here. I'm quoting, I'm quoting. Um, <laughs> that's it. it says duck to water on here. I'm just quoting. I am directly quoting from the from the website, okay. <laughs> He scored 23 goals in all competitions last season. And this is an important point, by the way. Uh, He scored 23 goals in all competitions last season, making him the highest scorer across the country at that level. Yeah. So that's impressive. Yeah, that's that's some going. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be the highest scorer in the country, whatever level you're at, you know, means that it means that you're good and that you've probably got a bright future. Yeah, maybe Fishburne. Was... Sorry, Fishburne. Maybe Fishburne was in the back of the manager's head when he yeah. let Chedwin Scott go. Maybe. Um, Walls End Boys Club have, have have had some decent former strikers. Oh, do you remember any? Alan Shearer, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, Alan Shearer was. Um, then Jackie Milburn was. Oh wow! Um, I think I think Bobby Charlton was. So like they're like one of these clubs. So like. Well, boys' clubs that you know have produced. You're right. Talent, talented people. <laughs> oh no, no! I literally ended the sentence. Produced. Oh, I, thought, oh, okay. <laughs> I, thought, I didn't realize that was the end of the sentence. I thought you were going. I, I don't know because we got a video. We got a video. Yeah. I don't know if you were like taking a of drink course, or something. Yeah. Or there was going to be there was going to be something done. I didn't know. I didn't know. Sorry. Yeah, I was getting. Is, yeah, this is why I need to get my camera fixed. <laughs> yeah, get your camera fixed. Get your camera fixed. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag get Will's camera fixed. 
Um, <laughs> that's what all the kids like, isn't it? No, sorry. I'll carry, <laughs> I'll carry on. We'll move on to, uh, but sorry, I'll, before I move on, I just want to say congratulations to all three of those guys for signing a pro deal. It's like one in uh, 0.0.0.0.1% of lads that dream about becoming a professional footballer get to become a professional footballer. So it's a great achievement. So absolutely hats off to all three of those guys for signing pro deals. Um, so yeah, moving on after that one, a bit of fun. Um, the kits were released last time we spoke on the podcast. We told everybody where they could go and when they could pick them up and all that kind of jazz. Now we've got our kits. We're wearing them. Uh, apparently, you're wearing the home kit. Yeah, um, is, so that must be the is. one you like. You like the most. Tell us about yeah. that. Well, I mean, I always get the home kit, and um, if you just give us a second. You can cut this bit out. I'm just going to take it off so I can look at the back as well. It's a good idea, actually. I'm going to do the same. Right. I'll do. I'm going to do the same. One second. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just kind of have to describe it. I always get the home kit, uh, just because you know it's the one I like to have. We are the blues, so I want to wear blue. Yeah. Um, this one is very reminiscent of. Well, oh, sorry, that's. A really pretentious way to say it. it's it's based on the classic so 1974, the one that we revived when we first came down to League Two. Um, I always like I always like to see us have slightly kind of detailed shirts, you know, ones with like little bits of stripe and stuff on. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I've, I quite liked some of the other ones that had a lot of red and white on, like the toothpaste one that Chris Lumsden wore, or the um the one kind of like the blue, red, and white deck chair one, yeah, which was the first kit that I ever had. I think I think I mentioned that actually on the one where you had um, Liam from Blue Army TV on. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite a decent material, I think. Um, I don't know if it's the same material as the away one, because um, but it's it's a nice shade of blue. No, I was I was concerned on some of the photos yes. that were taken on the club website that the material did look a little bit on the um, crushed kind of velvety side, maybe a bit cheap looking side. I was yeah. a bit I was a bit worried that the shirts and the shorts, in fact, but maybe it was just because they were like crisp and pristine yeah. and fresh out the box. Maybe that was the thing I was seeing. They are a slightly different material to last season, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I I don't think that area have ever let us down on quality, so. And they've got the lovely little embroidered fox on the back. Yeah. Um, sponsors what logo. Color, what colour is... is it on the blue kit? Oh, it's white. Is it white? Yeah, okay. Same, same. Uh, sponsors logo is in plain white. So we, we don't have that issue that some clubs have where their kits have got kind of garishly coloured sponsors logos plastered on the front of them. Nice, <laughs> you know... It's, it's slotted it's in quite nicely important. there. Yeah, it's an important thing to me because I don't like it when you kind of have to put a sponsor's logo on the shirt and the sponsor's logo is like bright orange and magenta or mm. something. Yeah. I think it's one of the uh, benefits of uh, receiving the backing of a local firm. Yeah. Is that they would rather it look better than their brand come first. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. yeah. So uh, the oh. the kit the kit sounds really nice, man. The shorts are uh, blue with red 
trims and uh, the socks are just pretty much blue with the CUFC in the middle of the shin pad and then the uh, the sports logo on the front as well. Mm. Um, I have the away kit, mate, which uh, to be honest, I'm in love with. I love this kit. This yeah. is lovely. The stripe, it's a black kit. Uh, again, the font is uh, white for the, uh, the sports logo and the local sponsor. Uh, the badge sits upon a stripe of blue, white and red and is kind of reminiscent a little bit of Paris Saint-Germain's stripe. A little bit. Just a yeah. little bit. Um, in the way that it looks cool. And this looks really cool. Um, <laughs> it is a very cool kit. It is. It's got the lovely blue trim around the top of the collar. I think that's really nice. And uh, the sleeves as well have the blue mm. trim. But the... Um, What's the bottom of the shirt called? Doesn't have a blue trim. That's all yeah. black. It's blacked out. So it looks lovely. The logo on the back, almost the, the foxy logo on the back, which I also have tattooed on my finger, by the way, for anyone who cares about that. Should have it um, tattooed on your back. <laughs> I've got be just and fear not written on my back. It's already got space. <laughs> <laughs> How awkward. And now that you've just realized you don't like football. <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn and blast. I'll, I'll just pass it off as some Oscar Wilde quote or something like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the uh, the fox on the back, because it's sat on a black background, almost yeah. looks like a metallic silver, which I think makes yeah. it look even cooler. Um, so I really like this shirt, really like this one. Um, what I like the use of blue about? as the trim colour. Yeah, absolutely. Because it would be yeah. so easy to just have them as black. Yeah, exactly. Not black or white. Mm -hmm. yeah. It really made the shirt. Yeah, that extra little bit of details really made... The shirt, and I feel like this is going to be one of those kits that goes down in in history as being one of the coolest. If we play shirts. well in it, Hopefully. any kit that we have a successful season in goes down in history, and any kit that we have a poor season in, no matter how nice it is, gets forgotten. That's very true, and rightfully so. Uh, I want to move on to the goalkeepers' kits. Um, I don't suppose you decided to splash out a forty quid on a goalkeeper kit, did you? No, I didn't. But they are Not very yet. nice. I like nah. the red one. The white yeah. one, I don't, I don't. Uh, the white stripe's really cool. And I feel like they've kind of forced it onto this white top. And I feel like yeah. it would have looked better without the stripe. Just the white top didn't need the stripe. The red top mm. looks cool with the stripe. The white top, no. Have you got it in front of you? Can you see what nah, I'm talking about? I, I've not. Um, as well, I don't think it's up. helped by the I photography seen, again. I do like because Magnus Norman's wearing like white goalie gloves and the cuffs are blue. So it goes from like yeah. white to blue to white again. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe if you wore black goalie nah. gloves, that would look better. I don't know. I don't know. No, I quite like it. Yeah, maybe the goalie gloves, if they were a different colour, yeah. would set it off a, a bit nicer. But um, I, I, I quite like problem. it. No, I like it. It's I white. like the red one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, buy, I, I, I like the, the red, red one. one. I, but I like the white one for the same reasons I like the red one. I think they're both nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're Carlisle fans and we'd wear anything <laughs> with a Carlisle crest <laughs> on it. You know, uh, that's that's just uh, that's just up there. So, yeah, that's our kit review. We're quite happy with what we've got this season, I have mm -hmm. to say. But before we move on, I just want to mention the sizes. Um, a lot of people would assume that they're normally in if they go into a new look or a top man they're a medium or a large or something like that if you're a medium or a large in in top man or river island and you're going to buy a carlisle top you're going to have to get an xx large for it to be nice and comfortable 
Yeah. I'm, te- I'm telling you now. I don't know what's up with these sizes, Will. I don't know if it, is it a unisex shirt. Is this why? I, I don't know, but it's Italian sizing. Right. So the all the Italian fans that buy our yeah, shirts. Yeah, their out sizing there. are just kind of. I think the boundaries for different sizes must just be completely different to them. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad we covered that anyway, because I, I had to order my shirt because I live in Manchester. And if you didn't tell me about your shirt yeah. sizes, then I would have ordered a large and it would have looked, I would have looked ridiculous. And I probably wouldn't be able to wear it on the podcast. Like I proudly yeah. do. I'd have to hang it on the wall behind me because who wants to go through the shame of sending something back? <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, I enjoyed that, talking about the new kits, and we'll keep Mm. talking about really good, positive things, because Carlisle United crowned their new captain for next season, and I couldn't think of a player that deserves it any more than this man. Um, First, before we reveal who the new captain is, I'm sure a lot of people already know who it is, so I'm not really teasing much, Mm. but I'm going to just try for effect anyway. Thank you very much. Um, the vice captain for the second season in a row is Aaron Hayden. You can't complain about that one, right? No. No. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you have to be in there somewhere. Yeah, deserved it. Uh, it was it was a many, many, many games last season. Uh, became more vocal as the season went on. Realised he had to step up and lead that defence on occasions. And uh, really made the most of it. So uh, hats off to him. Congratulations. But the new captain for Carlisle United for the 2001-2002 season is Callum Guy. Woo! (laughs) Congratulations, Mr. Callum Guy. Mate, got to be happy with that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's our player of the season last year and he's just kind of really you know, stepped up and led by example at times. So it's good to see him lead with the armband. Yeah. What I'm really looking forward to next season is the set piece play as well, because if you can get something going between Clough Mm. and Guy, they'll even be better than they were last season. And our set piece play last season was quite exceptional. Thanks Mm. to Callum Guy, obviously. Thanks to Callum Guy. So congratulations, Callum Guy. And uh, obviously Aaron Hayden. Um, other people I might have put in the hat for captaincy. I think I mentioned it in a past episode that I think that uh, John Mellish would have made a pretty good captain. It's the same age as Callum mm. Guy. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's kind of like much of a leader among the other players, though. Yeah, okay. Do you want a um, score update? Oh, is it for Carlisle versus Penrith? Yeah, Carlisle won Penrith nil. Um, so we've got the Abraham's, goal scorers. Abraham's. Abraham's, good for him. Let's, 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 uh, let's hope he really he really kicks on and has a really good season and gets to establish himself because he's, he's at that point of his, another player that's at that point of yeah. his career that if it doesn't go well for him here, then yeah. where else is there to go, buddy? Um, mm. But I'm sure he'll figure it out. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, thanks for that, man. Thanks for that. Talking about the game, that's not a terrible segue into yeah. the last bit of news that we have to talk about today, which is the leaked news of the name of a particular trialist that is exciting a lot of Cumbrian supporters. Uh, I'm going to try my best once again to say it right. I'm going to say Manesi Mampala, um, a Congolese a uh, striker who's played most of his football in the Everton under-23s mm. team, uh, making his way over from the uh, Congo at the age of 14. Is it say there? I, I believe think he's younger. So. 
Was it? I, oh, no, two. I think it was two. two. Sorry, two. Yeah, <laughs> it was two. It was two. It was fifteen when he when he when he signed with sort of like QPR. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got that. Yeah, we got the, we got that bit right. We can edit around that. That'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I heard about this, I was on the lookout for some images and some uh, gossip and some information on Mampala. So let's try and get excited about him, and obviously see if he's decent enough to get excited about. Um, The main reason I like to look at images of a player is because it's an easy way to compare him to somebody that you already know during preseason. So if you see somebody training in preseason standing next to Aaron Hayden and he's towering over the top of him, Mm. pretty impressive physique, you might say. Well, Impala isn't a small guy. Um, There isn't many images unfortunately, but there is one where Aaron Hayden is in the background and out of the two, you would say Impala was the more impressive physique, as it were, um, which puts you in good stead when you're going to be coming up against defenders of this shape of Aaron Hayden next season. Mm. Not a lot of experience in the ways of first-team football, but he was a part of that apparently magical uh, David Holdsworth team uh no sorry david unsworth team (laughs) (laughs) that uh won the under 23s reserves sort of title um and he also featured he's featured in games in the english football league trophy uh the papa john's trophy i think is what we call it now i I don't know i can't remember i can't keep up with Mm. that one but yeah, it seems like we're going for a replacement for Ozanzala here, not just only in the fact that he's also from the DR Congo, but because he's a big physical mm. guy playing up front. Um, did you manage to get any information on Impala? Uh, not much, no, because he's only ever played in the under-23s of clubs at Everton and then QPR. So uh, normally I look on the forums of the fans of those clubs to get an idea of players that were signing. But I mean, I didn't expect any Everton fan, but no QPR fan either really had had anything to say about him on their forum. So like, so this is a lad who's very much come out of really good academy standard football. Um, QPR have released him for whatever reason rather than keeping him in their academy or um, I mean how old is he? Is he 20? He's still 20 isn't 20, 22. 20, 20. 20. Ah yeah so he is basically considered by QPR as a player released from their academy then kind mm. of like um, the players that we released um, that have uh, gone now to Annan so um so that's kind of what he is the QPR and what you know it's where we fit in in his career um you know hopefully because a lot of players who who come out of clubs and he's not come out of like one of the top premier league academies where you're like he's just been covered by by cotton wool i think you know i think the QPR academy at that age might be a bit more competitive well, he's gone. He's gone from the QPR academy, and then obviously did something right to end up with Everton after the QPR academy. So, oh, did he, um, I thought you. Hang on, what order did the going? I was thinking it was the other way around. I thought he went Everton QPR. Did he no, go QPR Q, Everton? QPR Everton. Yeah, the most oh, recent. Right. The most recent team he's been with is 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 the Toffees. Okay, oh, no. all right. And then he went back to QPR. Ah, right. Ah, yeah. he went back to QPR. Yeah, okay, right. Ah, okay. So maybe so he's QPR kind of Academy, like... Everton Reserves, QPR. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so maybe it's not worked out at Everton and QPR have taken him back 
maybe because he's one of their own and they know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that, and that's not a criticism of him because because you need to be very special to make it Everton's academy. So, like, you know, the fact that he's come back down and ended up back at QPR and now playing professional football in League Two, the fact that that's a downward trajectory isn't because he's a bad footballer. <laughs> yeah. That because of the COVID and all that kind of stuff, uh, there's going to be a lot of really, really talented footballers that are going to slip through the cracks. And, yeah. Uh, he could potentially be one of those footballers uh, and, and then end up being an asset to us because he's been able to slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's kind of that's kind of the tree I'm barking up. But he's playing uh, tonight, I believe, against Penrith. So that'll be interesting for whoever's in attendance there. Speaking yep. about being in attendance for Carlisle United friendlies next Tuesday, I'm planning on being at the Chorley game uh, on the twentieth, half seven kickoff. Ten pound a ticket if you're coming down. It'd be lovely to see you. And uh, yeah, don't be shy. Come over, say hello. It'd be nice. Uh, but yeah, I'll be at Charlie next Tuesday, and I'm thinking I'm gonna give a little practice to doing a sort of match day vlog pod. So maybe if I manage, I manage to get to talk to some people, maybe then you guys could uh, maybe be kind enough to give me a couple of seconds of your time and give me a little bit of your opinions. And then you guys could be on the pod that episode. And uh, that episode will be some kind of friendly match day vlog thing, which I could also mix in with the, uh, the Lancaster friendly, which is eight days later, which I also plan on attending. Um, so yeah, exciting times ahead, and uh, something new. I can't yeah. wait to go to the football, Vlog mate. Pod. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to go to the football. I can't wait, mate. I really can't are you wait. Are going to try really, and get really to that opening game? Are you going to try and get to the? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to have to now. The crowd end. Yeah, I'll go anywhere, mate. I'll be in the Warwick Road end. Well, yeah, then I'll be in the Warwick Road end. Yeah, I'll be in the Warwick Road end then. Yeah, that's where I'll be. I'll be with you in the Warwick Road end. Oh, no, I've just told the listeners where to find us. Ah, ah, we'll be in the paddock morning with the rest of them. (laughs) And rightfully so as well. Rightfully so. That's where the experience is, is in the paddock. We all know this, don't we, as Carlisle fans. They're allowed to mourn. They've earned it. They're allowed to mourn. They've been in the first division. And they've seen, they've seen it. They don't they care that it's to... raining. They don't care that it's raining. Like you, soft lads over there in the Warwick. They don't care that it's raining. They don't. They've seen it all before. It doesn't matter if it's raining. Oh no! I've seen what the paddock <laughs> does when it's raining, and they open the gates to the Warwick. They all try and come in. Some of them. Some of them do. Some of them do. Uh, maybe them the really do. old lads. Just Not the really there. old lads. At the Not front. The really at the front. Lads. Not at the back. Not Never shouting at Chris Beach in the back of his head the whole the whole night. <laughs> Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? <laughs> <laughs> They're asking the right questions, though. They're asking the right questions. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Um, <laughs> right. Um, I feel like we're already ending on a really lovely, funny note, but I saw something yeah. just before we came on to Zoom that I found quite funny and adorable coming from the Carlisle lads um, on social media. And I think I'm going to make this a little bit of a habit when we talk. If I can find something fun on social media to talk about, I'm going to. Mm. On Instagram, on many of the Carlisle lads' stories, there was a picture taken of... Jack Armour, Zach Clough, George Tanner, Joe Riley, and Callum Guy playing a game of cricket inside their house. Ah, that's on Twitter or Twitch. Or that was on Insta. 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 Insta stories, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it was met with the caption um, of somebody who I, I think was Luis Alessandra, who originally posted it, um, which said, I only wanted a quiet night in and the lads think they're at Edge Baston. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to know they're settling back into their clubhouses and stuff that they, that they live in. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So on that note, on that very positive, lovely note, um, that's enough from me and Wills, I think. I think we yeah. filled our our slot. And uh, this evening, I am going to be watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I might catch the rest of the sun because it's still, still pretty nice out. Oh, it is, yeah, it is. Yeah, I might have my dinner in the backyard and then oh, watch yeah. a movie. That'll be nice. That too. That'll be nice. Dinner in the backyard. What a treat. What a treat. Then I can look at all the weeding I need to do then. Get a good look at all the weeding. <laughs> that's, that's tomorrow's job, the same as it was last week. Um, right. Thank you very much for joining me and Wills for the Blue Army podcast. This was episode 26. We talked about all of the news coming out of Carlisle United, which means in our look, there will be a lot more news coming out tomorrow that we haven't covered. So uh, anyway, that's enough from me and wills uh thank you very much for joining me wills how are you how did you find it today yeah brilliant good to be back and look forward to doing more interesting ones when carl is actually playing that's it that's it man that's it we don't have to scramble for topics then we've got the matches mm. to talk about good stuff good stuff right that's enough from us thanks very much wills thanks very much all of you for listening and uh, yeah, I'm going to hand back over to myself, who's going to tell you guys all about the loud and local band this week and sign off. So that's enough from us. Bye bye for now, Maris. All right, and that was it from me and Wills this week. That was episode 26 of the Blue Army podcast. And the only thing left to do today is introduce our loud and local featured band, which this week sees the re-return of the afternoon sessions by popular demand. Back by popular demand. Please welcome back the afternoon sessions. And this track is called Never Met Someone Like Ya. Never Met Someone Like Ya. It's actually just called Never Met Someone Like You. But if you listen to the song, I'm sure you'll get my reference. Anyway, I'll catch you all again next week. Thanks a lot for sticking around until the end. And bye for now, Let's Get the fucking episode 26 in the bag. Boom.
Days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.